if you're not prepared for us, it's not going to work. Need to have the lambs drawn off them, and I suppose wool packs ready and stuff like that. It does be a bit frantic for those couple of hours when the shearers are in. So if you if you're not prepared, it can be very very stressful. Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Overcast, the Chaga Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you less insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. With the shearing season on the way, in this week's episode, we chat to shearer and Mayo native David Herity. David tells us how he got started off shearing and how he built up his shearing contracting business over the past decade. We discussed the importance of shearing courses to equip farmers with a very necessary skill and the challenge of getting the next generation involved. We also talk about the prep on the day of shearing to make the job a bit easier on all involved. David, who's also a member of the Irish Sheep Shears Association and a representative on the newly formed World Council, tells us about the council's aims and what they hope to achieve over the coming years. We finish up the episode talking about the challenge of approving world quality and what steps farmers can take. We start off, however, with David describing a typical shearing season for him and how this year has started off. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit slower now, all right, this season, I suppose, with that bad weather we had there and sort of March, kind of, I suppose, a couple of weeks behind. Started, we've done, done most of the hoggets there now for lads that are selling them. Um, uh, at breeding at the kind of uh, at the sales in autumn time, uh, started on a number of yos there now, and so we're gonna we'll be in the full. Uh, we're just about in the full swing of things now, so it's a bit bit of hard work at the uh, at the start of the season. Not only are the sheep that little bit sticky, uh, the man is a, a little bit unfit as well. I'm sure, I'm sure the rust has been knocked off you at this stage, but look, just for a little bit of background, your shearing season so it's kicked off now. Just maybe take me through, like for the year for you as a shearer, you're heading into the busy period of it. How long does that go on for with you? So I suppose we're we're lucky enough. We uh, we start um, we start I suppose around now, kind of 15 to the 20th of May every year, and we go right through until about mid-September around the 15th or 20th of September as well so we start on lowland hoggets right through to kind of I suppose uh, we call them breader yos then we'll move closer to home onto crossbred yos then we'll go to the hills onto hill sheep and then we'll pop we'll finish off then on lambs kind of from towards the end of August to the middle of September then really so you're covering, you're finished up at the tail end of breeding your lambs, the store lambs, maybe even some a wee bit later on, I imagine, too. Yeah, so kind of lad, uh, farmers that be buying those store lambs for grass, and then you get odd jobs kind of from then to Christmas when they're being uh, going into sheds. Just look, I'll come back to all the bits of this in a moment, but like the area you're covering, David, you have a lot, obviously, local to you around Westport and that, but you cover a fair area around the country as well. Ah uh, yeah, Kieran, we go we go a good bit now. Um, I suppose I never say no. Uh, but it can be a, a downfall, but it's a great opportunity as well. Listen, we go we go up to Cavan, we head into the Midlands, kind of kind of Galway, down as far as Tipperary, um, Sligo, Mayo, Roscommon. I suppose uh, you wouldn't know where you'd find me. Like I'll just put that in context. You're you're running a team basically for the summer. 
Yeah, we try and be running three shears. I suppose, listen, what we have here in the west of Ireland is a lot of farmers, but uh, the numbers wouldn't be as high. So I suppose my, my business plan really is to try and get through as many farmers as possible. So we've often set the trailer up and down three or four times each day, you know. Obviously, there's going to be a variation and your team will change depending on the workload on the day. But you're going from smaller flocks right up to maybe a full day shearing or a half day shearing in some places. Ah, uh, yeah. So at the start of the season, a lot of it is um, the smaller flocks. They, 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 they'd lamb a little bit earlier and they'd have bigger types of yews mid-season then into the larger flocks and then you, you get some of the bigger jobs then um, kind of later on in the year then where you you have um, you, you need a good team around you to keep keep the whole whole thing going um, I think I suppose one of our biggest days was we, I think two days in Tipperary we've done we've done over 2,000 sheep so yeah uh, we got we, we the the doors on the trailer the springs got good old action those days. You were moving starting on them days. You earned your keep. Um, look, I'm going to bring you back a little bit on this one. How did you get started off shearing? And the reason I'm asking you this is, in terms of another generation come through, we'll touch on elements of that in a moment. Maybe just take me back on your own story first and how you built your business. Yeah, Karen, I suppose. <laughs> it's a it's a tough enough one really I suppose um, back in 2012 I was 21 at the time and my father was 54 but uh, that that lambing time he just dropped dead in the field he had uh, something to do with the heart and I had never shorn a sheep with the electric shears up until that I can remember times falling out with my father I'd shear 10 sheep with the hand shears and I'd throw the hand shears away and thickness and, and leave. But I suppose after my father died, my granddad brought me to the local uh, co-op and we bought uh, we bought a shears, electric shears, a Heineker three-speed. And I still have the three-speed motor. Uh, I still use it all the time. And I remember doing the first course with the Irish Sheep Shearing Association. They used to run one every year in Westport. Uh, towards the end of June and I suppose I, I got a grow for it and we've built it on there then um, the next year we started with um, with uh, with a couple of stands myself and a local lad um, the following year then we, we bought the first shearing trailer uh, and I think that was back in 2000. 14, I think, was the first shearing trailer we bought, and shearing trailers were weren't that common around here at, the, at that time. And then 2016, I bought my first race trailer with porter holes. Uh, bought another one in 2018, and I've uh, we've upgraded again there now this year for this season. So slowly progressing each year. You you pushed on the whole thing, but go back to the early days. But it provided you with a viable off-farm income oh exactly like um it works well i suppose with my system uh farm during the winter and we go go at the shear and then during the summer uh college too and stuff like that it's a, it's a great way for young people i suppose to earn a few pound during the summer and um, if you if you have a good work ethic and um, 
you, you have an opportunity there to earn money. And listen, I was lucky enough. I, um, I got to go to New Zealand. I didn't go out there specifically to shear, but when I was on farm out there with the farmer, he encouraged me to get up on the board. And I remember doing my first 200 out there. So it was, it was a good achievement. And uh, you'll have friends across the world because of it. And you'll have areas to go to and people to stay with. It, it is a small community uh, around the world, really. I think it's that something that's been echoed by anyone that works in it. It's a small community where everybody knows each other and it does provide opportunities as well to travel and see other places, see other systems. I suppose, David, like you, you really pushed that on as a very viable business, but a lot of the shearers that work with you will come in on a part-time basis doing smaller numbers. It kind of brings me to my next point, like getting the next generation through trained in this year, and you took it on, you made it a very viable business, but I suppose in getting shearers, do you think it's become more of an issue? I can remember when I um, started shearing here around Westport, we done a count up about how many shearers there was um, in the area at the time. There was a load of little, I suppose, little gangs around the place. And there was upwards on near 30 shearers. And we done there at the end of last season, we just had a conversation between ourselves and counted out the, the amount of people that were at it just in our area, I suppose, around Westport, it was back on 10 or 12. So you can see there, there isn't as many coming into it as there was, I suppose. Uh, and it's hard to get it. And as a contractor, I, I'd love to see more young people interested in, and any opportunity I have to give, I'd always tell them, listen, if you want a day, come with us. I don't, I'm not too bothered about how many that you can share, like um, as long as you turn up, you're, you're neat, you're, you're pleasant, and you're willing to learn is the most thing. Um, that, 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 that's, it, there's a great opportunity there then. I know, look, it's where you got your start was going to a shearing course. It's where you, I'm sure you, you tackled it first, but it brought you on a lot in skills. You're a member of the Irish Sheep Shearers Association now. How important is it providing them training courses around the country? And what is the uptake like on it? I suppose it's not as high as it was, but the, 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 the association is doing great work and they're providing a lot of courses throughout uh, throughout Ireland throughout the year. And it's, it's the kind of thing is if you're a, a young farmer and you want to learn how to shear, if you just contact this association, association and say, listen, I have a bunch of sheep here. And there's a there's 10, 10, 10 young young people around here that want to learn. They'll bring the course to you, um, and and being part of that community, then everyone knows one another. And what the benefit of going through the likes of the Sheep Sharing Association for the courses is that it's funded through Skillsnet as well, so you won't have to pay the full price, and then all that money then is put back. Uh, into the association and it helps run more courses around Ireland and it also helps promote the competitions as well. David, just for anyone that would be interested in going to one of those courses, how would you find out more information about it? So um, the Irish Sheep Sharing Association Facebook page constantly um, constantly uh, throwing up uh, information there. Uh, there's a newly uh, Instagram page as well. So they're always putting up information on that about, about uh, shearing courses. And once you've gone to one shearing course, you'll be added to a WhatsApp group and any courses that are coming up 
um, they'll always they'll always be uh, sent a text around about them. Like David, just in terms of basic skill, even if you're not going to go shearing, uh, like from point of view of working off farm shearing, as a basic skill for farmers, it's not a bad skill to have to know the basics of how to go about shearing. It's probably exactly. a skill that's lost in a lot of places. Oh, I, exactly, Karen. And do you know what? The first thing I can remember being taught was how to lock, knock a sheep correctly. And up and I was whatever I was farming for, or I was helping out anyways on, on farming. I never knew how to turn a tip of sheep correctly, and, and that's where I did learn it. And, and there's constantly courses be, being ran. I suppose I think um, over there on the east, uh, along the east coast, there's one kind of mid mid June, Connemara. Uh, then they're looking at one there mid July. And then we have a more advanced one then in, in August on, on strong wool sheep um, for, for, on the, the, uh, uh, for people that are, are looking to maybe do a bit of traveling, uh, shearing, traveling, just kind of get an experience or get a run on uh, that, those type of sheep. I, I suppose just like it's, it's not having me cover that point because it can be a little bit off, but I'm thinking you have to be very skilled going to these things. It's bringing you from the very basics right the way through to more experienced years, picking up just better techniques and helpful tips as well. So it covers a broad range of experiences, these courses. Oh, exactly. So, Kieran, they start off, they'll have uh, normally kind of two-day beginner courses. And you might not shear many sheep in them, but you get the basis of it. And I always say to shearers that, like, I go every year, religiously, every year we get a course, if not two courses done, and it's just about improving each time. I remember when I started shearing first, I was working very hard. Um, I'm not working half as hard now and doing twice as much sheep. And that's only coming through uh, learning. And every day, every course I go to, I learn a little move here or there, and it just makes it so much easier. And the way I look at it, that is, if I can cut out, we'll say cut out maybe two or three blows of sheep, I'll be able to shear 10 more sheep a day. That's an extra 20, 25 euros for doing the, using the same effort. Just when you mentioned working hard, we probably better get back to the job and hand of it. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of prep on the day from a farmer point of view, from when the crew lands in the shear. Uh, it's very important. I suppose if at all possible, we'd like the, the sheep to be fasted and, um, the sheep are a lot more settled when they are fasted. Uh, another thing that I demand, or not demand, I suppose, that uh, I ask the farmers is to be ready for us. So when we rock up with three shearers, we could be, be knocking out anywhere between 80 to 120 sheep an hour. If you're not prepared for us, it's not going to work. You need to have the lambs drawn off them. Um, and I suppose wool packs ready and stuff like that. There, there does be uh, it, it does be uh, a bit frantic uh, for those couple of hours when the shearers are in. So if you if you're not prepared, it can be very very stressful. Um, the likes of having sheep dagged and stuff like that uh, is getting more important now on the way that the wool is to be presented. I'll- the wool piece I think is important we'll, we'll come to that one in a second so look on the day having the prep there sheep being dry obviously you know weather's going to have a bit of an impact on these two being set up it's going to leave it easier on the sheep it's easier on the farmer keeping them to you and it leaves it a lot easier on yourselves as well you get the job done 
with less effort and quicker. Uh, exactly. Like, and I suppose you, you know yourself, is if it's a more relaxed uh, atmosphere, everything runs a lot smoother. It, you go to a, far, a farmyard and uh, everything's shouting and roaring, nothing's getting done, and it's it, it's a stressful atmosphere, and it's not a nice working environment. David, also like the set, the setup you have on the day, the shearing trailer, it probably does leave the job a lot easier as well on both farmer and shearer. Uh, it's a lot safer, Kieran, for everyone involved, really. Um, the sheep run up in a, a single file. We knock them out. Uh, everything's constant for us, I suppose. It's We're on a level platform the whole lot. We have a safe way letting the sheep down the portholes off the trailer. The farmer then has a raised board uh, to able to get the wool so they're not stooping for every fleece really um, on on the day and a, a nice good setup a small small pen at the back of the trailer the sheep will follow each other one by one up it it just takes the work out of it um, and everything is constant for everyone look let's move on to the wool it's been one of the challenges in the sector over the past number of years you're also a member of the newly formed wool council maybe just firstly you might tell me what that is and we'll touch on it a little bit more then yeah Karen. so i suppose the wool council i'm the irish sheep sharing association rep on the wool council and just got formed there over the last number of months um listen it's very positive, and I, I, I'm so glad to be to be part of it. But it is going to be a, a long term, a, a long term gain. There's going to be no short term gains over the next next couple of years. The, there's a new, there's a, a wool one wool in, in innovation hub, and that's where where all the gains is going to be made. The, the hope there that can give access uh, to get funding to do the research. To, to create the products uh, or to create products with wool used in it. Uh, and I was just talking to uh, one of them earlier on today and they um, said they've already, the wool hub is only up and running under a month. They already have a number of uh, funding applications submitted. So, so it's good that way. But I suppose what it is, the wool hub really is, is everyone coming together and working together? So all the stakeholders from, from the farmers to the merchants to the people using the product at the end of the day, um, it's all coming together w- with the one, with the one uh, goal in mind, and that's to promote Irish-grown wool. Um, so it's everyone. It's going to take a buy-in from everyone. It's going to take in a buy-in for the farmers. It's going to take a buy-in from the shearers, going to take a buy-in from the wool merchants, uh, the end users, everyone. We have to, I suppose, we have to be conscious about how the wool is being presented. There's an awful lot of negativity at the moment about how the wool is being presented. And it is a cash 22. I know it is a cash 22 case. Um, the price of the wool isn't hectic at the moment. Um it's leading into the quality being presented um, not, not not as good as well. Just talk to me a little bit about what you mean there by the quality of it. It might be very obvious for some listeners, but just maybe explain to me what is the issue at the moment in the industry with how the world's being presented and maybe then take me through what way it should be presented. Yeah, I suppose, listen, 
years ago, there was a great value put on wool. Um, but what, what what's happened now, I suppose, with the price uh, being a bit lower, a lot lower, the quality or the way it's been presented. So, I suppose one of the one, one of the most important things is that the sheep is dagged, or, or that you pull the daggings off the fleece before um, it goes into the wool pack. You try and not straw, don't put down any fresh straw. You might be might be doing trying to keep the sheep clean by putting down fresh straw, but that's also con- contaminating the wool as well. Trying to keep, I suppose, the different breeds are um, likes of the hill breeds and the crossbreds and the more uh, red sheep, keep that wool uh, separate as well. Any any coloured ones. So if you have any, we'll say the likes of um, maybe a warble or, or something like that, that you wait till the end and share those at the end and maybe just put them in a nut bag and put them into the pack. Just not, it's those black fibres that can, can contaminate the wool and make it harder. It, it can't, can't be taken out of the wool and then that wool is worth a lot less value and the merchant finds it very hard to sell it. So it's about keeping it as clean as possible, trying to avoid contamination in it. And again, <clears throat> we have to be conscious that there is a market out there that will require, has its own requirements, fold that wool and then use it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're going to be American. And I I, I hope, I suppose, it is, is a key word here that maybe in five years' time that will, through the research that there will be a viable market for the wool and I just don't. I just don't want the the quality to let to let the primary producer down. That it, if we can kind of learn to slowly improve how we present it going forward, that we can maximise the benefit coming from from the other end. That maybe as a primary producer, the farmer can get paid f- for the wool. I know it's not going to be in the next year or two. It's more of a long term. Um, goal but I suppose if we could start training ourselves and I am a farmer as well and I can put my hand up and I need to change a few practices to make sure that the way the wool is being presented uh, is going to improve on my farm and hopefully that all the other farmers can can help and, and, and make an improvement So there's a bit of a chicken and egg what that one has to happen and as you said look at Part of your World Council remit will be it's more long term aim. It's looking at some of the alternative uses, but it's good to see a positive start on it. It's just something's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of time. David, look, it was good getting you on there. It was good getting a bit of background to your own story and just your viewpoints on different things. You have a busy summer ahead. Look, really appreciate you giving up your time to come on with us. Thanks a million, uh, Kieran. I appreciate uh, to give the opportunity. We'll have to leave it there for this week's episode. As David has indicated earlier, for anyone interested in attending one of those shearing courses, details can be found on Irish Sheep Shearers Association Facebook page or Instagram page now. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates from our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chaga Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.